You can't even fucking Eminem anymore. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lyrics for Lunch, the show that is not a girl and not yet a woman. Whoa. Whoa. This is the podcast where... Speak for yourself. (laughs) Neither a girl nor yet a woman. Uh, This is the show that does deep dives into the famous, the secret stories behind your favorite songs and artists. I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm your host. Joining me this and every week is Lindsay Tucker. Hello, Lindsay. Hey. For uh, so this is our big 100th episode, and as you can hear, Lindsay is just speechless. Yeah, yeah, ecstatic and speechless. Um, so this well, I'm really excited because we have a special guest this week. I'm not even gonna fucking. I'm not even gonna introduce him yet. So this is our big 100th episode, and for that, we wanted to pull out all the stops, and it also coincided with the release of a, a very highly touted and much uh, much anticipated memoir. And I wanted to tell a quick story before I introduce our special guest for this week. When I was in seventh grade, uh, I had to do a, I was in like a, my junior high school music class and part of the assignments were to like do a, like this book report kind of thing on current events in music and i got uh, assigned this new pop star named britney spears and she uh had just released her first single called hit me baby one more time and i remember watching the video and hearing the song and being like who would listen to this this will never go anywhere this pop is dead long live rock and roll no one will ever give a shit about Britney Spears. And like most things in my life, I was extremely wrong. So today, we are going to dive deeply into the rise and fall and rise again of Britney Spears. And for that, we had to call in Britney Spears expert and all-around great guy, Scott Borden. Hello, Scott. What's going on? Happy so, pre-release day for the book. Yeah, so the book comes out tomorrow as we're recording this, right? Yeah. But when this episode drops, you will uh, have had three days to to have consumed the book. So before we dive in, I would like to know a little bit about your history with Britney Spears. You know, there's three moments that I found my rabbit-holing beginning not, not, not in the beginning. It was the fir- uh, I always come into things late, or I either help build a bandwagon, or I wait till it comes back around to see if it's worth jumping on. So that's why, like, I don't know any Taylor Swift songs or sure. anything like that. But um, yeah, I didn't know anything about Britney Spears, and then I saw the VMAs with the snake, and we had a party like we did every year. Yeah, and I was like, "I'm a who? slave for you." I'm a slave for you. Yeah, and I go, "Who was that?" And I thought it was one of the best live things I've seen, lip syncing or not. And they're like, oh, it's Britney Spears. I'm like, isn't that the cheerleader or Disney channel? I, I really had no, I have no idea. A year or two later is when that Diane Sawyer interview happened, which people now are like, that's terrible. 
It was terrible at the time. Um, and then... Why were they saying it was terrible? Were they asking about her virginity? <laughs> they oh, constantly they, yeah. Asked I mean, if you go virginity. back and watch it now, I mean, you see Britney Spears, like, rolling her eye. Diane Sawyer, we'll get into that. But I just remember going, why is one of the world's greatest journalists acting like a prepubescent tween because of this Britney Spears girl? Like, what is it about her that makes even upper echelon intelligent people turn into babbling idiots um, like me? And then uh, I remember a picture of her. She was on a break after that phase with a cigarette in her mouth. She was on the patio of a restaurant in Hollywood and she had no makeup and no hair and it was like front page news. What happened? What happened? I'm like, she's not on stage with a snake and makeup and three hours of costumes. Like, she, she's a normal person. And I really felt at that time going, is this the new Marilyn Monroe? Like, is Britney Spears a complete fictional creation and the real girl is just a normal pimple-faced smoking person? And then everything went down. Then I started, that's when I kind of got interested. Like, the legal stuff started. I'm into law. I'm into courtroom stuff. Um, yeah, and here we are. I, apparently, I'm an expert on this subject now. Um, so, so, let's do Act 1, The Rise of Britney Spears. You know, she was a, a child actor. She did Broadway. And she kind of did the old-fashioned thing where you would actually go... You know, now you have TikTok and like 3 million sad people at home. And, you know, from what I know, her and her mom would go around and knock on doors at record labels. Got a deal. You know, she had the Mickey Mouse Club. and You said she was on Broadway? Yeah, she did. Well, sorry. She was understudy on Broadway. She did off-Broadway. I think she and Natalie Portman rotated roles in the show on uh, called uh, Ruthless. It's called Ruthless. Um, so she is 15 or 16 when she signs with Jive Records, and they view her as a cheaper alternative to some of the quote-unquote divas that are in the 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 woman-fronted pop world. So we're talking like about... Like Madonna, like Whitney Houston, right? Mariah they, Carey. They would... They saw her as yeah. Mar- Mariah Carey. They saw her as a, a much cheaper alternative because they she would be happy with whatever they paid her. And her mother, who was her manager, um, would you know jump at the chance to to do anything. And Max Martin, who had written a bunch of things for the Backstreet Boys and for NSYNC, uh, had written "Hit Me Baby One More Time," wanted to. to wanted it to be for TLC so she got like the scraps question mark yeah I mean you know how it works like artists get songs and then it doesn't work for them and you and the the writer producer shops it around and and they go oh we have this new artist at the time grunge was kind of happening the Seattle grunge thing and pop was sort of eh. boy bands were coming up and so like single I mean I guess Madonna was around Paul Abdul had fizzled out by then <laughs> janet jackson kind of went on the side and poof this 15 year old comes out of nowhere and apparently according to all these all this the the director of the music video uh it was her idea the the concept of the very famous music video where she is uh jay dreaming in class in a schoolgirl outfit was her idea and uh originally there was some kind of weird futuristic thing that they animated, scrapped yeah, it's like an animated, and even yeah. the costume down to like her tying the shirt up above her navel was her idea so thus began the kind of narrative that 
the adults in Britney's life were saving her from her sexuality or temp- tempering her sexuality in some in some way, which clearly is like not the reality of the situation. And she herself has said in interviews after the fact, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was 15 or 16. Like, someone should have said, like, hey, there are implications to this. But um, all Max Martin and the video director, whose name escapes me right now, um, was like, oh, this was all this was all Britney. So they're saying, like, oh, this we gave the reins to a child. Mm hmm. And don't blame us because the child is sexualizing herself. Impossible. (laughs) Tell me more. And like also all at the time, the fashion was literally midriffs. Mm -hmm. The jeans were low. The shirts were high. Even if you're not having sex, you're dressing like that. I was dressing like that. Definitely like didn't see it as a sexy thing. It was like, this is what's fashionable. Also, I hope that we talk about like body shaming and um, the body image issues that came out of this entire era, especially for millennial women. But I remember like thinking that wearing a midriff makes you look skinnier because your shirt doesn't fall on the part of your stomach that might not be perfectly flat. Oh, interesting. So I literally wore like shorter shirts to appear skinnier. So as, you know, as a man, but as also someone who's always had like a belly, to me, like, like the conventional wisdom in my head, at least was the opposite, which is like, if you have any uh, extra fat at all, exposing your belly will will highlight that. So maybe it's like chicken or egg, right? Like if you can wear a midriff shirt to show how skinny you are, then you do. But yeah, that's. That's an interesting point of view. I never, never heard that. But like, uh, okay, so like women hold fat around our belly buttons like we just do. And Mm -hmm. if you look at Britney Spears body, especially when they started pointing to it and saying Britney got fat, she's not fat, but there is a little bit of extra padding, you would say, like around her belly button. Now, if you put a T-shirt on that, that's getting clung up on that spot. That looks Mm. worse. You can see a belly button underneath. So if you open it up you look better skinny interesting i'd I'd never never heard of that but it's it's deeply ingrained in young girls mentality even like i said like even if you're not having sex your aim is to wear the like wear the catholic school girl outfit look a certain way even if you're not equating it with like literally getting banged out it's like this is what you're supposed to look like and this is what you're supposed to do and this is the kind of attention that you want to attract in order to be valuable but don't attract too much of it because then you're going to be a slut and not valuable and it's this entire mind fuck that literally almost began with with britney i mean at least for our generation yeah if you look back Right before Britney Spears, we had like Alanis Morissette, Tori Amos. There was like a rise in feminism. And then somehow it got slapped back down to no, no, no. We're not going to let the women get too powerful. We're not going to let them think that they can do anything. And now we need this little baby doll that we can control and make the other little baby dolls fall in line. 
I think I think that that's like absolutely 100% accurate and it goes back to the idea that Jive Records wanted to pay her next to nothing to do this as opposed to one of the quote unquote divas who would also be able to stand up for themselves. This also uh this also relates to the song itself because Hit Me Baby One More Time there's been a lot of ink spilled about this but it there was like this is this an anti-feminist thing is she asking to be hit like smacked around and it turns out that max martin who is not english is not his first language was like trying to say like hit me up like call me or 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 call my name or or whatever and refused to change the lyric from hit me baby one more time to like call me baby one more time or or whatever it is uh or whatever it, it would have been and so she is 16 years old. She doesn't exactly know what she's doing, but there is this kind of performative womanhood, this performative sexuality. And all the adult people, adult men in her life are like, great, we're just going to like allow her to sexualize herself, allow her to sing a song that like might be about abuse, might be about just like really wanting to get fucked. Um, and then constantly ask her these questions about whether she's going to be a virgin until marriage or not. I was very interested in being in the performing arts when I was younger. I grew up actually wanting to be on Broadway. I didn't know that Britney Spears was on Broadway. So when you're like saying that, that's why immediately I'm like, hmm, what? Um, but I definitely like idolized Natalie Portman idolized Britney Spears um and Britney Spears was different because it wasn't like um she was a little bit older but not that much older and she seemed to like have everything that any young girl would want like fame money the career and then so to see someone who kind of looked like me doing something that I wanted to do it was very um there was definitely like a I guess idolization of her but yeah when Britney came out I went to her concert with my mom the one with the snake um and I remember thinking oh she's just as fat as me I thought I was fat and I thought Britney Spears was fat and neither one of us was fat and I like that's why I'm so like I get so fired up about this stuff because the machine was telling and still is women that they have to look a certain way and it's completely unattainable. And no matter what you do, no matter how many crunches you do, I remember reading Britney Spears saying I do 50 crunches a night and I was like, oh, 50 crunches a night. I can do that. So I started doing that. You know, I mean, it was so pervasive what they told us you had to be. But it was, again, like we've talked about it on the show, like the girls gone wild, you know, Paris and Britney. And it was judgy. It was way too invasive. The ideal body being Paris Hilton, who is like rail thin genetically. And like you look at Britney Spears, who's just like also a thin person, but not as like concentration camp skinny. Like heroin chic. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so Jive Records put pressure on Britney to that baby one more time the first record had to sell four million copies to be a success it sold 18 million copies it was such a huge hit and it had a bunch of different singles so so it put you know seventh grade of eve it embarrassed uh seventh grade of eve's opinions and and britney became the next the biggest pop star on the planet for three whole albums and with that came the trappings of fame a really uh, a, a lot of magazine covers, including one shot by David LaChapelle, which is like 
pretty creepy. It's like her in Louisiana at her childhood home, like playing with her dolls in like booty shirts. Another thing that he claims Britney requested. And so this is this is another this is a thing with with these predatory men that that always claim that the quote unquote Lolita is the one that like came on to them. It's like that doesn't fucking matter. You're an adult. This this is a child pretending to be an adult because they think that's what you want. It's your job as an adult just to say like, hey, no, there are rules to the way that we're supposed to interact. And there's like a sense of propriety. So like, I don't know, it, it, it makes me kind of it, it icks me out a lot when all all these like creepy ass dudes are like, well, she came on to me. She's she knows what she's doing. No, she fucking doesn't. As Scott said, she has an eighth grade education and like not the best home life to like support self-esteem or anything like that. So with uh, all of the fame comes a very high profile relationship with a subject of a previous uh, milestone episode for us, which is Justin Timberlake of the band NSYNC. Before we get into some of the stuff that Justin did to Britney and while he and Britney were in a relationship together, like we can hold both things in our head at the same time that he was like very blatantly abused and taken taken advantage of by his manager Lou Pearlman at the time and also is capable of doing like super fucked up things to someone he supposedly was in love with. So I want to quickly go through a timeline of the Britney and Justin relationship and... Uh, this is from Time Magazine. Brittany and Justin met on the set of Mickey Mouse Club in 19... Blobbity Bloop. Yeah, kind of. In 1992, Brittany and Justin met on the set of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. And so uh, they were both 11 years old, and the original Mickey Mouse Club was in the 1950s, and I used to watch it on Nick at Night as a kid. Oh, You did? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, um, I see. K E Y. See you all soon. Yeah. Why? Because we love you. <laughs> and then in 1999, after they both are like on top of the pop world, they secretly begin dating. And this. Not Brit- to be confused with Top of the Pops. Top of the Pops, which is in England. <laughs> um, in uh, all around the world, Britney was rumored to be dating a different boy band. So. Uh, she said that uh, people thought it was Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys or or Lance Bass. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she's gonna date Lance Bass, but it turns out that that Justin had asked her out in nineteen nine in nineteen ninety nine on tour right before 99. Baby One ninety nine uh, right before <laughs> Baby One More Time came out right before the the album was released. Then they made their first public appearance together in 2000. First public appearance as a couple in 2000 at the MTV Video Music Awards, which used to be like relevant. Now, like, who gives a shit? Oh, yeah. Now it's an embarrassment to humanity. And then comes the infamous Canadian tuxedo red carpet, which is in January of 2001. Yeah. So, literally, like, they're. Wearing head to toe denim, I feel like there might have been some patch, patch denim. I don't yeah, know. I, I need to the, refresh my memory. It's in the chat. Oh, you put it in the chat. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going oh. from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's okay. like, wow, your facts are exactly correct. She's like, yeah, from my yeah. brain. From my fucking mind. Uh, yes. So this is the true definition of Canadian tuxedo. Pre-9-11 fashion. Wearing like a fedora styled like a cowboy hat. Denim on denim on denim. His suit jacket is made of denim with a butt patch as his pocket. She's wearing one of those um, chain belts that you just like clasp around. Yeah, uh, not really a belt. And then um, it looks like she's got sort of like a longer denim skirt coming out of the top of a shorter dress. It's all been patched together. There's some patches at the bottom. She has a little denim clutch with maybe some like bedazzly jewels on it and overall they just look um fucking insane um trip and i went to a jardy party last two years a, ago a jardy party yeah great which we won draw my in two different categories for our amazing denim ensembles and i can only <laughs> give credit where credit is due to the original Jardy party winners, Brittany and Justin on so, the red carpet. According to the fashion designer Stephen Gerstein, the matching denim ensembles were Brittany and Justin's idea. Of so course they, it was. They were in New Orleans and they went to Steve Stephen and said, We're doing matching denim. And Stephen's like, How are you how are you doing that? Who's going to do that? Who and made them? So so Stephen Gerstein made them. And okay. uh said quote it was just two kids wanting to do something cool and being super cute matching it was kind of like their prom so this is a thing how that, old are they so Brittany was born in 1980 so i think that she is about she's like one 19 or 20 at this point um because it's january it's like january of 2001 so she's like 20 years old but as scott mentioned we had some technical difficulties so he may not have mentioned it on the show proper Brittany has an eighth grade education she dropped out of school to pursue a career in music and justin similarly like like neither of them is got a chance to have the normal high school life which includes like having your first love and first heartbreak not be insanely public i didn't know those outfit, outfits were made for that for yeah. that thing which means it was constructed it was meant to portray a certain thing and the and and that's why um when you were saying Lindsay, apparently is there a, a dress on top of a dress with like it was all strategic and then in september of 2001 <laughs> a massive bombshell is dropped Brittany reveals that she and Justin are living together. So she shared in an interview with The Guardian that Justin, when in LA, Brittany and Justin live together at her house. Um, so it's not so much that they're living together, it's that he's like freeloading. And she said, mm -hmm. quote, I'm not ashamed at all to say it, that I love him from the bottom of my heart. As far as love and as far as love is concerned with him, too much is not enough. He's everything, but it's deeper. It's a deeper love now than when I was younger. Like we've gone through so much together and we've known each other since we were 12 years old. We know each other inside and out. And when was that quote from? It's from September, from September of 2001. So it's I mean, it's right around that time. So she's like, oh, it's so much deeper than it was about a year ago. <laughs> Um, a whole year went by 
And so when she hosts Saturday Night Live, he makes a cameo during her opening monologue. And by spring of 2002, they're living together in Orlando as well, because that's where Justin's from. And that's NSYNC's home base, even though he's starting to do his like uh, his solo thing. And then in February of 2002, they make their final red carpet appearance together at the Los Angeles premiere of her film Crossroads. Lucy. It's about mother. Has she ever tried to see me? No, she hasn't. Kit. I haven't seen you since Christmas. I don't know if I've ever seen you. I'm gonna get out of this town, go all the way to California. How are you gonna get there? I found a route. Taryn Manning is in Crossroads and yeah, Zoe Saldana? And so, yeah, and so Saldana and Justin Long. Yeah, yeah. And Dan Aykroyd and Kim Cattrall. Dan Aykroyd. Brittany picked all these actors herself. Did she really? And she picked the writer. She picked the writer herself, which was a a young no one named Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes wrote Crossroads? Holy shit. Yeah. So maybe Brittany knows her shit, even as a dumb teenager, huh? Yeah, so at this point, she's not a teenager anymore. But she's not a girl. But that that is the kind of the cultural consensus is like she doesn't know what she's doing. What is the plot of Crossroads? I always thought that someone was like driving to get an abortion. I don't know. Well, they cut that scene out after. Actually, after it actually happened. Apparently so. Yeah, I it. I don't. I truly don't know anything about this other than there is an extended scene of Britney singing. In her underwear, in her bedroom. There's still this kind of like, I hate to use this term, but like this jailbait idea where she is, she doesn't, she's sexy, but she doesn't know that she's sexy and let's, you know, film her in her bedroom. I think that's the fetish, right? I've always said that it's not her fault, it's not her fault, but... There's a portrayal here involving the puppeteers above her that make it that they knew, even if she didn't. Oh, for sure. And that's something that I never really considered. Right. It's that's fetishized, like like girls in a pillow fight, their underwear. And the the one of the kind of common things that we find on this show is the way that the that the industry will exploit whatever thing they think can think of to to exploit uh whether it's a character's art or in this case like their sex appeal un- or unintended sex appeal and um you know when you're 16 and this is how you have become a star which is like maybe i don't know what the fuck i'm doing and people are are telling you to be sexy but not that sexy and then in interviews being like you're going to be a virgin forever right and, and you have to be like yup <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is p- all part of that. There is an unintended pregnancy subplot in one oh. of the crossroads people is pregnant, right? Taryn Manning is pregnant. Oh. So in in all this virginity talk, which like we talk, well, Brittany was talked about a lot in that context. Brittany loses her virginity. Brittany's character loses her virginity in this movie. Okay. So let's talk about Brittany's virginity. 
It's vile. We have to talk about it's it because vile. it literally kicked off this oppression of women's sexuality or was part of a deeper plot of keeping women without birth control, you know, abstinence education became the thing. And like, this was a huge player in that conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. It was a plot. Conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, so, so I, I agree with both of you. I think it is vile that everyone was obsessed over this, like one random teenager's virginity and the the reason we need to talk about it is not to speculate whether or not she was a virgin but no. to to pull the curtain back on like all of these actors who were gating political power or financial power or power over women by using her as a pawn because she's always been a pawn in someone's game right so agreed t tell tell me tell us more Lindsay, about the question of britney's virginity yeah so i remember it that Jessica Simpson was talking a lot about it, that she was going to be a virgin until she got married. And I actually have to fact check myself because I think the Britney virginity watch happened first, but I just as a child was included into it until after because the Jessica Simpson one was so, so loud. Yeah. Um, but we had like, yeah, I always felt like, oh, Britney's like forced to say she's going to stay a virgin until she's married because Jessica's doing this. But the fact is, like, the media is hounding them to talk about this weird ass thing. I think everybody always thought you had a different relationship to young girls. Everyone now, they look back and they're like, what happened to your sweet image that you used to be? And I'm like, then when I came out, you thought I was too provocative. It's like you can never win. No matter what you do at the end of the day, you can't please everybody. You know, I'm not here to please. Ugh. Have you ever gone further than you wish you had? Gone further? Yeah. Um, no. I don't think so. No? Okay. Now, those are a little much. Yeah, those are a little, um, much. And at the end of the shoot, I was like, all right, let's go ahead and do it, and then let's jet. And I didn't have approval over the thing. So that's one picture, I must say, that I felt kind of weird about. Yeah. At the same time, there's like this Olsen twins countdown to their 18th birthday. Like, oh, fucked wow. up shit is going on. And again, like George Bush gets elected in 2000 and starts with the abstinence only education, uh, purity rings, virginity pledges. Those are becoming trends. And let's compare this to the to the the pop star of the previous generation that Britney gets compared to all the time, which is Madonna, who was very sexual, owned her sexuality, uh, and and fuck anybody for asking her otherwise. Britney, at least in the beginning of her career, did say like, "Oh, well, when you have sex, you get all these extra emotions," and like had to play this game, whether she was forced to by her management or her family or whoever, had to play this game of, "Well, I don't know what I'm doing." Yeah, Madonna was very much like, uh, "I'm on a Madonna kick right now because she's going on tour. Whenever she goes on tour, I'm like, eh, no one does a tour better." A lot of people now she's doing kind of her career spanning thing. They go, the thing about Madonna that most women couldn't or or, or wouldn't do because of their team or their management was she, she, if she it, this is my sexuality, right? I'm doing what I want. No one is making me do it. And what I think Lindsay's getting at that it's again, a, a take I never could have had um, is that, yeah, they were, they were, they were telling Britney what her sexuality was. 
play both sides, Brittany. Like, yeah. answer honestly, but leave it a little vague. And yeah, and all those, the Mandy Moores at the time, the Jessica Simpson, kind of the reverberations of Brittany at the time back then. It's such a fascinating thing. And it's also really gross that it's so obvious now you look back and go, men were doing this. Like, men yeah. were doing this. Um, men were doing this. We can also like, look Do you at remember Rush Limbaugh, like, versus Sandra Fluke? Oh. I mean, I don't. I've blocked every single thing that I've ever known about Rush Limbaugh out of my head. Well, this is all connected. Yeah, this is the war on women. I I a thousand percent agree with you. And even if I didn't, I wouldn't know what the fuck I was talking about. But we can also look at like the other pop star who had a little bit more of the Madonna ness of owning her sexuality, which is Christina Aguilera, and even she had to be like. It's just a song about a genie. I my 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 body's saying let's go, but my heart's saying no. And even she had to like uh, uh, temper any kind of overt sexuality, and she still was considered like the quote unquote slutty one of that like class of pop stars. Um, I'm gonna connect all this like the war on women thing that that Lindsay was talking about. There's a clip where Diane Sawyer goes, "Did you hear about the George Bush?" the evangelical woman who said she's gonna shoot you. And Britney's like, what? With Madonna as her model, Britney Spears has upset a lot of mothers in this country, starting with the wife of the governor of Maryland, who appeared at an anti-violence rally and, well, listen to what she said. Really, if I had an opportunity to, to shoot Britney Spears, I think I would. Oh, that's horrible. Well, she, that's really bad. Because of the example for kids and how hard it is to be a parent and keep all of this away from your kids. Well, that's really sad that she said that. Ew. You know what? Like, I'm not here to, you know, babysit her kids. Jesus. And Brittany's like, she goes, she just like clutches. She goes, oh my God. She's like, you want to shoot me? Because I'm just singing and dancing like in a, in a costume. Like... And I never connected that thread of even even the women would attack her if if it went against their like war the ideology on women yeah. kind of yeah 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 wow wow Cra crazy so okay so crazy. in March of two thousand two Brittany confirms that she and Justin have broken up and the bombshells in the preview ver the the preview excerpts of her new book that is coming out tomorrow as we record this uh this episode is that at one point in 2001 or 2 there was a pregnancy between Justin and Brittany and Brittany was ready to have the baby and Justin may have convinced her after she Brittany was ready to have the baby and after some long discussions she and Justin decided not to keep not to keep the baby draw your own conclusions um but Brittany in the in the excerpt of the book says Justin quote was insistent that he wasn't ready to have a kid and give up his and career Brittany had access to her own health care and she made the decision that she felt was best for her right let's hope Let's hope that Brittany made or the decision of what what was what was best or for her. So she? this 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 contributes to this idea of the war on women. But I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here. So I want to let everyone kind of. I want to Lindsay. I want to let you give us your thoughts on this. Um, 
I respectfully decline to talk about abortions on air right now because I'm like I'm as a woman traumatized by the overturn of Roe and what our country is doing to women right now. Um, You know, all women deserve a right to bodily autonomy and not to have their rapist babies, Um, even if it's not a rape. You know, it's my fucking choice. So um, it is hard for me having the experiences that I've had in my life to even talk about another person's abortion, because that's, you know, she made a choice to make it public, but no one will ever know what she went through, um, behind closed doors. And the decision, uh, to have an abortion is the hardest decision that women ever have to make. And they never, ever make it lightly. Um, and that is not the popular, well, it's the, I think we know that popular opinion supports a women's right to choose, but right now we are under an oppressive regime that's trying to change the narrative. And so um, I, as a woman, refuse to comment on another woman's abortion, except to say that I know as a woman who has faced decisions such as this, it there is no right choice. You're no matter what you do, it's heartbreak and um, fuck the patriarchy agreed on every single count and it seems like uh justin reacted the way any a good boyfriend would react um this is from us weekly after the abortion justin attempted to console Brittany, who was crying and sobbing on the bathroom floor by playing his guitar at her rose oh my god justin quote thought that maybe music would help yikes wow how about you take some fucking responsibility and speak up? Why aren't you at every fucking abortion rally right now, Justin Timberlake? Why aren't you using your platform for some good for once? Yeah, and well, he and he responded to that excerpt. Oh, did what did he say? It. Oh, and it's I mean, it's just proof that PR bullshit. What did he yeah, say? Well, it's just proof that it's true. He said, um, I, I have not spoken to Brittany in a number of years. My focus right now is my own family and children. Like, so, well, you could have said, no, that's not true. That's a lie. And I'm going to sue you for lying about me for defamation. But he didn't, did he? Sure. So, um, he, he's like, fuck, my career's over. Thanks, Brittany. So thanks, of, Brittany. Speaking of career being over, and I want to take a quick, like, two-minute tangent into the mind of Justin Timberlake for a second. Uh, Justin has resisted for years decades a in sync reunion and a lot of people on the internet were spec so just last month he he said that in sync was getting back together and they're going to do a reunion tour and there was a lot of speculation as to whether or not it had any uh whether it was just a coincidence that was like right before britney's book was to, oh. to come out and so the 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 wisdom is now and my interpretation is that he's trying to gather as much goodwill as he can because of th- this book like completely laying him to waste because and Lindsay you know a little bit more about this than I do when you write a book like this a fact checker will have to call you and adv- and yeah. like fact check the stuff right so it, it Justin must have known what was going to be written about him in this book right so I actually as a former fact checker do not trust books. Books were not a source for me because I found so many books that were incorrect or not fact-checked correctly. Um, So 
good publications. This is just a PSA for listeners who are told constantly that the media is all lies. No, publications like the Washington Post, the Atlantic, those publications hire people and pay them to fact check and to call every single source and ask, is this true? And I used to be one of those people. I would have to call people and like, wow, ask like, is this true that this fucking dirty ass priest molested you when you were 14? And it's horrible um, that we like, I'm like, it's horrible that we reach. I felt horrible re-traumatizing people and like bringing up their pain. But at the same time, it's like, this is an arm of journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and journalism is an arm of democracy. And so, um, when it comes to who, who can you trust books are, are no, um, I, I doubt that Brittany had a fact checker call Justin. They might've had some people run some stuff by him to make sure like he wouldn't sue. But even then I'm not sure. I don't know what her publisher's deal was. Um, but what you can trust is, uh, certain publications, uh, especially, um, independent ones, um, NPR, uh, the Atlantic, you know, they hire, you know, the Washington Post isn't even um, independent anymore, but even under the Bezos reign, I still used to do um, fact checking for them. So he I'm sure caught wind of this book's coming out, whether or not a fact checker called him. I doubt it, but he definitely caught wind somehow. Right. And he knows what he did. Yeah. And everyone knows everyone knows in what this happened. industry. Yeah, exactly. So now you're saying you you think that he might be trying to like muster up some good PR to kind of distract from this explosion that's going to be happening to, over to here. To get his name. Yeah. Oh, I love. Oh, I remember. In- oh, I love Justin. Oh, Nostalgia. yeah. In sync. He's with his friends 90s, again. Justin wasn't a pervert. He was actually just a young little pop star. Yeah. That's my that's my theory. And I, I'm not alone in, in sharing this theory. This is not the first time we've heard like Justin being a disgusting misogynistic pig. No. So even in the Diane Sawyer interview, they talked she talks which about which came so, out the year that they broke up, which came out in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Um he went on all the you know when you go on a on a blitz to promote your thing, right? And every person was like, "Did you fuck Britney Spears?" He's like, "Yeah." Yeah, I fucked her. Oh, yeah, I fucked her. Yeah, I did it. I took her cherry, all that shit. Timberlake has made a kind of sport out of public retaliation. On a popular morning drive radio show in New York promoting his album, he has a kind of gleeful confession about their very private life. Top 97. The Strong Buckwild Morning Show. Justin Timberlake is in the house. And I just want to ask you one question. Did you Britney Spears? <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Oh, man. Come on, man. Okay, I did it. No, yeah! It was a really weird time. There was, like, talk about our, what we did together and, like, really sexually, m- sexually yeah. and stuff. And I just felt very exploitive and very weird. I was like, why is he going on these shows and they're asking him and he's talking, you know, but I'm sure, like, you know, just like right now. You're asking me about it, and I'm talking about it, and just kind of comes and out. And she never said a word. Even like Diane Sawyer goes, "Tell me what you did to hurt our precious, beautiful, darling little oh, Justin." God. And she's Gross. like, and she goes, "You know, it's between me and him. And if he wants to go, if he wants to use our private life to sell records, let him do it." He has gone on television and pretty much said, "You broke his heart. You did something that caused him so much pain." So much suffering. What did you do? I was upset. I was upset for a while. We both... I think we're both really young, and it was... 
kind of waiting to happen. And I will always love him. He'll always have a special place in my heart. He is such a great person. But you said, I've only slept with one person in my whole life, two years into my relationship with Justin. And yet he's, he's left the impression that, that you weren't faithful, that you betrayed the relationship. I think everyone has a side to their story. And um, to make them feel a certain way, to make them feel, you know, and I'm not technically saying he's wrong, but I'm not technically saying he's right either. So but she didn't say a word. She let people make her the whore, the slut, the bitch. And let him launch a solo career and ditch the band that made him famous. And now, to get his name back, he's going back to the guys that made him famous that he ditched by using her fucking private sex life to launch his solo career. Interesting. Yeah. And also, like, I know that this is just, like, a, a very, like, simple word choice. of, And I know that I know what you mean. You're saying, like, when you say she let them make her the slut. I know you don't mean that she actually let them. Um, but you know what, you know, what I, I, yeah, I do know, know what, what you mean. I do know you, mean, you but I also want to make, um, another point here, which is that like when women speak up for themselves, then they get the like difficult, angry labels Bitch. like Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. you know, like that whole, uh, clip of her is going around right now, you know, about how she got labeled as difficult, you know, for, for sticking, sticking up for herself and, um, yeah, I'm not in the industry, but I know that the Jennifer Lawrence is a diva is a pervasive one. And maybe it's true and maybe it's not. But I'm just saying like history has shown we know what happens to women who um, don't let it go. And frankly, that's the entire reason that Britney Spears got her shot to begin with is because she was the woman that or she was the girl that Jive Records the child, was sure the child. the child that Jive Records was sure would not stick up for herself in so many ways right and so it, you know six years later six years after that it's no surprise that people are painting her as like whatever the harlot the whatever you heard our poor dear sweet Justin and all she can do is like let the let that wash over her and not stick up for herself because that's what she's been conditioned to do her entire career not and even do, her adult life do, her career and do that life. diane sawyer interview as life. part of the album launch the next day right the ooh, is this album too sexual and too and and the two britneys who are they and i think that's and it's interesting that there seems to be a lot of attention zo zoning in on right around that justin time in her life that seems that's when ta that's when internet tabloid started there was no one but her at the time oh and interesting it was and, and so i have i hang i hung out with paparazzi that followed her i know a lot of shit around the head shaving days we'll get there maybe but continue sorry so so this all this all kind of comes to a head for our song of the week which is overprotected um which it seems like she was underprotected but uh let's take a quick listen to overprotected oh. the remix and we'll talk about exactly why this fits into the story of Brittany and Justin and the story of the the media and the culture at large just like des destroying Britney Spears. I can confidently say I've never seen this video. So we've got Britney. She's hanging out with her friends, crossroads style. <laughs> Oh, I'm just spinning. 
So already it's a commentary on how the media is like judging her or I don't know turning her into the town whore. The town whore. Well, painting her is right. She she's just living her fucking life. She's not even just living her life. She's being a puppet that's made to act a certain way that then's getting shamed for right. doing the puppet thing. It's that not she even was made her. To do. Yeah, so when she goes to get gas, she's like, "Leave me alone." Like you're getting you're getting what you're supposed to get for me. Leave me alone. Don't I think the 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 mistake in logic that she made, if there's any mistake that she ever made, which was thinking that there was like a bottom to what they would take from her. You know what I mean? Like she could just give a little more and then they would stop and leave her alone. And she realized eventually that there's no amount of herself that she could give to the media, the paparazzi, whatever, where they wouldn't ask for more. And did she write the song? And then she co- so this was the first album she kind of co-wrote on. That's why In the Zone was such a big deal. In fact, in the book I read that she talks about not getting in the notebook and she goes, "Well, when I was put on hold of Ale, I was writing In the Zone and they were like you're going to be filming for 6 months in the south." She goes, "I won't be able to do my In the Zone album." So when she didn't get the part, she was like, "Well, I have a lot of writing credits on In The Zone. I'm direct, like toxic. She came up with the video. And she, so I think she was like, I'd rather kind of do my own thing, not get the notebook. But as soon as she got the power, that's when they started taking it away. It's really yeah. interesting. If you go back and look, as soon as she started getting power, the tablets jumped in. So and then- fun fact, the uh, Overprotected, which was uh, Max Martin again, was the it was the yeah. listed songwriter but britney was like uh inspired by hip-hop on the oops i did it again tour and she like pushed them to do kind of this a little bit more urban pop sound So why, Scotty, are we talking about this song as it pertains to Justin and Britney's relationship? Um, we know now this song, uh, he broke up with her via text message during the filming of this because he knew that she <laughs> wouldn't be able to talk. Um, also, it's post-abortion. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, she it's... published the book, not me. So she's talking about it. Um, and so we know, I, I, you know, I don't, I haven't read the book. I don't know if she says the exact span of time, but we know that the breakup came after the abortion and the filming of this video was after. And the director himself has come out and said, yeah, I remember 
I remember her breaking down and crying and she's like, I don't want to do. She said, we already have a version of this video out. Why am I doing a second one? And he's like, look, what you're going to do now, let's add a scene. Well, and just thinking about it now, it's pretty whatever. Um, he says, let's shoot an extra scene now that will make Justin realize he's lost the hottest thing he's ever had. So they film her like, so in the video, there's a scene, just her in the rain, just like slashing around and being hot. Um, but we know that that was a result of the breakup and the director and her being like, let's make him regret. And then Crimea River happens after that. So it was almost like a music video response to a music video response, if you will. But, but her song wasn't a takedown of him and it never exactly. said anything about him. And if the director capitalized on her pain and manipulated her, I don't see how that affected Justin at all. I think that we know that uh, Justin Timberlake, at least back then, was a petty little frat boy. Um, and that was his image too. They they played it right, I guess. Um, I think the... I think what it has to do with is the fact that Hollywood's a small town. You bump in, you go to Target and you know someone that worked on something that your brother worked on, right? You don't have that many mega pop stars and they share the same choreographer, the same, the same director, the same producers, the same PAs. It, clearly, if you are to believe it, I can't confirm that. I'm just going off of what I know is in her book. But it, it's not, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility to be like, Oh, hey, Justin, like she was so pissed and they filmed the scene and like you're going to be jealous. Or, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And then to be like, fuck you, I'm going to make you out to be a whore and say that you ruined my life. Right. No, nothing that she could have done would have warranted that. But it also doesn't have to be an attack on him for him to respond like it is an attack. Right. It's very clear that his ego is fragile in a number of ways or was fragile in a number of ways. And so her being her and her director, which is like just another example of like the me the media manip or the, the men in her life man manipulating her into doing something that will benefit them gets back to Justin. He's like, Oh yeah, well now I'm going to do this. And very clearly the crimey river music video is like a response to something that Britney did be or, or something about their relationship because he cast like a Britney body double. It doesn't have to be a response. It, it's a, it could just be a immature diss track. Which it, it definitely is. And there's more. She says Timberlake called her ostensibly to catch up, but then slipped in the fact that her lookalike would be starring in his new video, Crimea River. She says she couldn't think fast enough to object. And was stunned to see a kind of recreation of their breakup. Clearly, it's a Britney Spears complete lookalike in the video. And he had the narrative of Britney Spears is a slut. I'm launching a solo tour and I'm Mr. Cool, Mr. Innocent. And I can use the same record label that she has <laughs> to trash her and make my own solo career. And then and leave her, you know, looking like a, a bad, bad girl. I don't necessarily think that the Britney Spears song Overprotected is about Justin at all. And that maybe that one scene in the video is 
the like i don't know the revenge body thing of like i'm gonna be so hot in a in a thing that my ex will see but that doesn't warrant like what he did in response well, and that's not even, I mean, from what from what people say is that she was inconsolably crying in her trailer and wouldn't Jesus didn't want to wrap the day. This poor person. So they were like, hey, let's let's fucking make him I think the quote is let's make him regret losing the best thing that's ever happened to him or something like that. Um and that's from the book. So Wow. There, there's an interesting parallel so robert evans so mia farrow was in rosemary's baby it was like her big star making turn and uh it ran the schedule on rosemary's baby ran way long because roman polanski didn't know what he was doing in a lot of ways and uh mia farrow was contractually obligated to appear in sinatra's the detective right because they were married at the time and sinatra said hey if you don't show up to be like the mall in my detective movie if you don't walk off the set of your of your star making movie and be my second fiddle i'm gonna divorce you and so she comes to robert evans who is the producer of rosemary's baby in tears and is like um you know, I had like Frank is going to divorce me. He's my husband. We we can talk about like what a piece of shit Frank Sinatra was for doing that. But Robert Evans sees his opportunity and is like, you know, I think you're really good in this movie and you could be a real star. And he like appeals to her, her want to be a successful actor and tricks her, convinces her into not walking off the set of the movie by um by appealing to like that sense of stardom and in his autobiography in his book he's just like dames only want one thing and it's blah 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 and this is the same move like 30 years later which is the director of this video manipulating her into not feeling what she's into thinking that she's not feeling what she's feeling and and for it to benefit his project and not her in any way he doesn't care about her and her well and maybe she wanted to as well i mean it's possible no but people do shit like that and but again using like a multi-million selling like video to be like oh now let (laughs) let's spray you with water everywhere and just roll around on the cement like naked and that'll show better yeah that'll make you feel better that'll show him yeah no i was just gonna say usually there's like a long mourning period that results in like bangs but oh yeah well she did eventually cut her hair <laughs> oh yes um but thus begins kind of the fall right and it much like her rise the the fall of Britney Spears is perpetuated and exacerbated by the media, and so we're all everyone's talking about how she is uh, easy. She like is no longer a virgin, so she must be a slut. She must be fat. She must be whatever. And the paparazzi she are hounding her. She starts dating her backup dancer Kevin Federline, who's just like a great dude, super normal dude who is who was also justin's backup dancer during the yeah he's like go watch uh 
Justin's VMA debut as a solo artist. Kevin Federline is like his number one dancer right there. But Kevin Federline left his wife and her two their two kids to be with Britney. Um, and there's much ink spilled about what a piece of shit that guy is. Um, you literally just introduced him as completely normal dude, and I'm like, what yeah, the I'm fuck? Be, where are we yeah, going with I this? I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. I really usually I can pick up on that, but no, I was no. like, <laughs> Comple- why? Completely great and normal really guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really good. At it. um, so deadbeat dad Kevin Federline hooks up with Brittany. When she shaved her head, they had two kids already, or one. Yeah. So so they had they have children together. And it just becomes a downward spiral. Can you kind of give lead us the, up to the circumstances of the conservatorship? Yeah. So I can tell you a little anecdote about after the head shaving, she did like this mini tour under a fake name. She oh, did really? a mini House of Blues tour. Um, and I got wind of it because I, you know, I, I rabbit hole and I... Uh, and I went to the LA one and it was weird. Like the show was at like 10 30 at night. It was broad daylight. That's how many cameras were there. Just, it was broad daylight. Her mom was there with the babies. Paris was there. Lindsay was there. Um, uh, Lindsay Lohan, cool J. Lindsay Lohan was there. Yeah. Paris. That would be Hilton. Everyone. Not Paris Jackson. And you can listen to our um, Paris Hilton episode uh, on both YouTube and your podcast apps. And you should. You have a Paris Hilton should. episode? Yeah. It's yeah. Oh, is it fucked. good? Yeah, it's very... Lindsay did a, an incredible job researching and blew my fucking mind about Paris Hilton. I heard she's got kind of a similar kind of like, yeah, that's not... I don't know anything about her. She was listen very nice with the Britney show. List, listen to the episode. I will, I will. It is, it, you're going to be surprised. It's not so abysmal. Anyway, so I was with a friend of mine um, who's very pop culture. And I remember the reason I heard about it, I was I was on the computer. There was a there's a tour bus at her house. And at the time, X-17 was really the only online tabloid site. And X-17 is paparazzi own and run. TMZ wasn't a thing yet. Mel Gibson hadn't done that thing yet. And Perez wasn't. What about Perez? Okay. Not a thing yet. Perez wasn't really there yet. And um, so X-17, it was their own paparazzi footage selling to themselves, making money themselves, right? So anyway, I there's helicopters flying. I'm like, why are they? Why are there helicopters flying over someone's house? Who cares? That's, that's all. Anyway, the bus is going down the freeway. They know they're like, either this bus is going to Mexico or San Diego. She pulls into the House of Blues. So I go, why is, you know, and I look up, there's an act called the m ms It's the m ms Not like, to be weird. confused with the rapper Eminem. Or the sexually attractive green M&M, if oh, you're Matt Gaetz. Yeah. So fuckable. Wait, um, tell me more. Oh, you don't know about the, this The M&Ms, one? yeah. The so green the M&Ms. No, I know so there's sexy. a green one that's the lady one that's supposed to be sexy. She has eyelashes. So the Eminem rebranded the the logo art of all of their Eminem avatars, and they put they took the heels away from the green Eminem to make it like a little the bit slutty, more of a yeah. kitten heel. And Republicans, including Tucker Carlson, was like, "You can't even fucking Eminem anymore." The oh, woke. he did the whole hour special. He's like, "They're desexualizing everything, including the Eminem." Yeah, he was pissed. Fucking Eminem. Is your dick small enough to fucking Eminem, Tucker? Anyway. Wow. Sorry. 
No, I no, I love that what you said. I just I never cease to be amazed by these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, anyway, so let's, I called my friend. I go, okay. hey, I have a feeling that M and M's is a code name for Britney. Just because, like, I don't know. I, I I kind of psychologically connect with things. I don't know why. And I go, I'm going to buy tickets. Are you available Tuesday night? And she's like, okay. And tickets were like $20. And I just had a hunch. And it turned out that, yeah, Britney was operating under a fake name. She did three songs in her wig. Because she was, the head shaving just happened. And if you watch the videos, you know, she can't, you know, the wig can't really move because it'll fall off. And that was it. And then she left after like five minutes. Oh, and now we know it's called. So the, the name was the, the word the, capital M, plus sign, capital M, lowercase s. And that was right after the divorce. And so it was M for mom and miss because she's single. The mom and miss. Yeah. I mean, there's also this Eminem connection where Eminem, the rapper, like can't stop mentioning Britney Spears and how much he wants to fuck her or hates her or all like he like mentions her in so many different how much she sucks how much she sucks right but i won't and, shut up about her yeah right but he's also still obsessed with her so i don't know if that was like she uh, gave me head no oh, she didn't <laughs> so weird so weird um, well so here's the okay so uh we see the show um the house of blues there it's not there anymore god damn it but at the bottom of that little hill is barney's beanery in la yeah in la yeah and uh so we went to barney's beanery we ordered everything fried it was just like chicken strips nacho everything Got super fucked up, super high. I go back to Seuss's apartment, which is right across. It's like right in between Barney's and the House of Blues. We're walking down the hallway. And I'd never been to Seuss's apartment before. And so for me to find it, she plastered her door with like Britney. Like she cut out pictures of Britney and all this stuff. So we're walking back. Another guy we knew was at the show. We're fucked up. We're walking down the hallway. And as we're walking up to the door from this side of the hallway, this guy with like... 10 cameras like giant lenses i've never seen lenses like this um he's like hey i don't do accents bear with me but he like he points to Susie's door and he goes hey neighbor you like britney that's kind of mario but i think it was russian and she's like yeah we went. he goes you at the show and and she's like yeah and he goes uh, come here so he opens his door he and his brother are the owners and founders of X-17, and that's their headquarters. So he opens the door to his apartment. Computer monitors, at least 75. There's like 25 people in there blasting and monitors as big as like my wall and, and t -t 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 all Britney, 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 Britney. Let me cut to it. This is the guy um, who took the video of the baby in the lap. That was well, her, oh, well, she was, was driving. That was her driveway. Yeah. That yeah. was actually her. So she turned around to go back home. She got back in the car and went back up the driveway. That's it's they're like, she was on the 405. No, she wasn't. She was in that gigantic mansion. She built like a paranoid. If if uh, Rapunzel were voluntarily in the tower, that's what she built for herself. And so he goes, oh, yeah, that's me and my brother. Um, the crotchless underwear photo. That was him. Um he laid down flat on his back under the car right when it pulled up. So he could just do that when she got out. And, and he showed me. Go to fucking he jail. Me. 
she showed me like his cameras take like I'm exaggerating. I don't know, but like 10,000 frames per millisecond or something. And he showed me, he's like, you like Britney. He's like, you want cocaine. They were doing cocaine everywhere. Jesus. He goes, yeah. He goes, we have like five full-time people per shot um, to get the right one. When she tripped with the baby in New York, his brother threw a cable down at her feet and he was filming to catch it. She tripped on his cable. They did that on purpose. Um, so I'm looking at them going, oh my God. He goes, I have 45 people on Britney Spears 24 hours a day. And he goes, I have, I have van. He goes, I have how she has three houses and a secret apartment. He goes, which one do you want to go to? We're going right now. He goes, do you want to go to her house? He goes, oh, we know her mom's apartment. She's in town for the show. You, I'm like, I saw her at the, we know her sister's house, Kevin's house. Where do you want to go? I'm like, I, I don't want to go to any of those places, but you love Britney. I go. Not the human being. I don't know the human being. I like the person that does the good music videos. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I just want to clarify something because I'm confused because this is like the predatory paparazzi guy, but he put on the show and she was working with him. No, no. X17 is is a celebrity gossip website. It's so like the you first were like, TMZ. oh, they had all the the lights and the cameras. And so they were just there doing that. Following yeah, they were just her. there. No, they got a whiff that. of it. So you have to understand, too, when she shaved her head, she fired Lyra Rudolph. This is what I want to know in the book. What does she say about Lyra Rudolph? That's what I want to know. But she had fired Lyra Rudolph. She fired her agents. She fired CAA. She fired. She had no rep, no nothing. And that Eminem's tour was the first thing she did on her own. And then she was recording Blackout at the same time on her own. Um, she had no rep, no management, nothing until the conservatorship. And her dad brought all them back. And now we know what happened with the conservatorship. Who is Larry Rudolph? Larry Rudolph is the manager that got her her Jive record deal. Right. Okay. Just her just entire career. She fired him for about a year. Conservatorship hired him back. He resigned last year after she testified in court. He okay. resigned voluntarily. It's so interesting that okay, we've got these lenses. We've got the these high tech cameras. We've got surveil basically full time surveillance of all of her places, and these X seventeen dudes have identified that the way to make money is to make Britney look bad, right? Because they could yeah. like 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 you you look at a tabloid. You like you're walking in the grocery store. You see the tabloid tabloid and. You're like, oh man, this is a really unflattering angle of whoever, Gwyneth Paltrow. And then you think, okay, maybe it's accidental. Maybe they're just, you know, th no. this no, person's no not. No one thinks that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm back then. I remember I'm trying to give I it the benefit of the doubt, right? Every single, every single thing you would see in the store. Again, we didn't really have the internet like we do now. It was like Britney with like her ugly hair and like oh tripping with her baby and this. But and that. they tripped her, right? They're they're forcing this stuff. And, and I they watched. Have... I watched on video screens as big as my bedroom wall, going watch, because he goes, we knew where she was. We so he goes, she was coming out of the restaurant. And he goes, bump and and she didn't drop the baby and she didn't almost drop the baby, but like she trips. You see her look down at her feet and like, boom. Britney Spears is a bad mom. And it sells a million copies of every magazine. And, and they're the and at the time, sorry to go off. No, please. At the time, they were the only tabloid source for internet sites. So they were. I think he told me the video, the picture of the baby in the lap. He got 
600,000, I think. Jesus. So there's a lot of money to be made off making someone look bad for just going outside. And that's yeah. why people are like, why does she, why won't she leave the house? And she just twirls in her living room. I'm like, well, wouldn't you? Yeah. And they're, they're the ones putting the baby at risk by like tripping a mother, holding a baby. And had she actually dropped that baby and God forbid that baby like hurt themselves. Like, what are you going to do? Like, like she's going to sue you for millions of dollars for assault. Like what? I don't, I don't understand the, like the, the machinery of let's make this person look as bad as possible. I mean, I understand so that it exists, but I don't understand why anyone would want that. Well, if she's not conforming to the like evangelical ideal and now she's a mother, right? So yeah. the, the like a single mother at that. Right. So we know that the family values is let's make women mothers. Let's keep them in the house. <laughs> Baby let's keep factories, them married yeah. while the men can, you know, have countless affairs, whatever. Yep. Brittany's not conforming <laughs> to that. So now we have to make her a bad mom and we're pretending that we care about the kids, but we're really, clearly putting we're the kids ruining in danger. their kids' lives. Yeah. This, this leads me to uh, a people magazine article which just was was published this week um so to, that talking about the head shaving so uh, a lot of the stuff that scotty was just talking about happened after the head shaving but the head shaving which is like the very uh memorable thing that marks you know britney's downfall or or was a and the umbrella the umbrella yeah hit it, yeah whacking the paparazzi paparazzo with the umbrella she spoke about this um this week to people magazine as a part of her book and she said that she was going through a painful divorce right she was getting divorced from kevin federline at the time and there was constant paparazzi uh attention including some of the stuff that you know was literally assault and she said quote i had been eyeballed so much growing up and i'd been looked down on looked up and down and had people telling me what they thought about my body since i was a teenager so shaving my head and acting out were my ways of pushing back right so she uh is acting quote unquote crazy and crazy. take quote yeah asterisk asterisk oh asterisk crazy to take away the things that she thinks the paparazzi want to see from her and doesn't realize for one reason or another that they just want more of this not so shit now like the like she she can't do anything outlandish enough that will make them go away or lose interest and so then in 2008 her father jamie filed a court-ordered conservatorship so scott you're really into courtroom legal everything explain to me what exactly a conservatorship is so conservatorship, it's also called a guardianship in other countries. It's basically when you're like in hospice. It's like you can't think for yourself. You can't feed yourself. You can't clothe yourself. You're unable to work. And um, her dad took clips of this. Do you know what judge shopping is? It's kind of political, but basically Republicans do it a lot. They, they spend years researching who's into what, and they find a specific judge who's very friendly toward, eh, very, eh. And they found this judge who, the dad went in and said, I mean, you've seen the headlines. 
And he goes, yep, she's crazy. What do you want? And he goes, we want to get a conservatorship. Now, the thing the thing is, remember, she was hauled away from her house in a gurney. Remember that? No. So this is, you don't remember that? No, no. This is this. This is what we need. That you led for. To the conser- her dad used that as the reasoning. So why was she hauled away from her house in a gurney? So she had cu- the she had custody of the kids that that night. And uh, Federline's guy, his chauffeur that Brittany was paying for, um, came a little early. And to she take said, the I kids. only get them one day a week. Yeah. And she goes, I'm going to, you're not getting them until I think it was 7 p.m. And she was a little late. And so Matt, and again, Mark Kaplan, Vince, Mark Vincent Kaplan, who's, I know a lot of lawyers. He's K Fed's lawyer. Okay. He's a very TV hungry litigator specializing in entertainment. Um, somehow, Five helicopters got wind of the fact that Britney Spears is 10 minutes late giving the kids back. And she had like closed the bathroom door because helicopters showed up and she lived up at the summit, which is like the hill across from me. I'm in Valley Village right at the top. 50 ambulances, fire trucks, paramedics, because she wouldn't turn her kid over in time for custody. And they took her away in a gurney and she was put on a 5150. Which is involuntary. Right. Yes. During the 5150, her dad went and said, my daughter's crazy. She needs her daddy, who'd been out of her life for years and years and years because he's an abusive, violent, bankrupt alcoholic. And the judge was like, you're right. These young ladies need to be taught their place. And the thing that the thing that's really this is why I think it got overturned when you're it's like when you're being sued, you you get served. Aviv. I think you're unable to feed yourself and earn a living and wash your balls. And I'm going to take care of all that. You have One to show up in court. True. Yes. This is your public's. I'm serving you right now. Right. Um, and you show up in court and go, that's not true. Look, <laughs> I make hundreds of millions of dollars a year for how many people I'm clearly not. They, the judge waived that she wasn't notified. So she was in 5150 for three days at, at UCLA. Cedar Sinai, I'm sorry. Um, filing this paperwork against her, she didn't get the notification. And so they release her from 5150. And they're like, oh, by the way, you're in a conservatorship now. Once you're in a conservatorship, it's because you're deemed, you're deemed unable to think. So you're not able to think your way out of it because you you're not competent. So once you're in a conservatorship, you don't get out of it. And he filed on the box, she has dementia. That's the oh, box geez. they check. She has dementia. So prove to me that Britney Spears has dementia. Couple things, couple things off the off the top, right? If you are judge shopping that, and you find the the judge that is, let's say, very very um, friendly toward punishing women for X and Y and Z, or, um, and and or and or taking some payola. Um, this is this is something that would. I'm sure it's both. There's no way that guy didn't get his fucking rocks off by putting a woman in her place. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's everything, right? Um, but that would be something that should probably, in if you believe in the legal system, that would that that would be something that gets you dismissed from a jury, right? If you're if you're being interviewed for a jury and you say, "Hey, I really like pu- punishing women for a- acting other than the way that I think that they should act." Someone will say, hey, like, thanks, but no thanks, right? Like, usually the, the defendant's lawyer. But Brittany, in this case, didn't have a lawyer, didn't have the opportunity to even represent, be represented in court because they filed this 50, this, uh, this conservatorship while she was under medical supervision for something that 
also probably was unnecessary. So who called the 5150? Who called the ambulances and the helicopters? Was it Federline to get to get his kids back because she was 10 minutes late? Well, I think it was a combination of, you know, I don't I've seen some court documents. I think it was a combination of the fact that all the stories we had already seen. I mean, look, people believe what they see on TV. That's why Fox News is such a a disease, right? You see, oh, Britney, Britney Spears walked into a gas station at night alone. And oh, Britney Spears bought gum. And oh, she walked barefoot in the parking lot. Oh, she's crazy. And then her own father. Oh, my daughter needs me. Oh, I'm the only one that can say I'm the only one, right? Um, Chris Pine just walked barefoot and people were like, ooh, Chris Pine fall. Yay, barefoot Chris Pine. <laughs> he lives it's in my, so stupid. my neighborhood. <laughs> and the thing, the thing the Free Britney movement kind of also became was this um, advocacy for uh, conservatorship abuse because, again, and that's why there are certain judges who, and conveniently when Free Britney happened, that judge retired. Magically retired and will not answer any comments. Um, and the thing about when you're dealing, it goes, oh, my client can't control their own money. Your honor, this is what the money is. And when, when the, when she went to court, they're like, Britney Spears is worth $60 million. I'm like, you want me to think Britney Spears is worth $60 million only where's the other 700 million. We, we know judges can be bribed. Hello. Look at the Supreme court. Thank you. So you think that some, somebody that everybody too, by the way. Except me, I'm the only one that was nice to her. I'm kidding. But most people were like, Britney Spears shaved her head. What a loser. You fat bitch. You're crazy. Take her kids. Da, 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 da. Everyone thought that about her. So the dad goes in and goes, I want to help my little girl. I'm, I'm going to fix her life. And it was only supposed to be a one-year conservatorship. Then she did the circus album, which was enormous. The circus tour was enormous. And he said, if you can get through this tour, we know this too. Take these. These are court documents. You can see them. Take this medication. If she's too amped up, very basically Judy Garland. Right. Basically Judy Garland. Drug her up, drug her down, shut her yeah. up. Shut, get through the circus tour and you'll get custody of your kids back. And she did everything. And then by 2011, or uh, that's the Femme Fatale album, you can tell. That's one of my top four. I call it the Mount Rushmore Britney albums. She is so dead. I'll send you a clip. This Good Morning America. It's embarrassing. It's sad. She is so dead inside. Let's go. I don't know if it's drugs. I don't know what it is. But I know it's someone whose soul is dead. And she's like, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my kids. She she did this shit for her kids. And now she doesn't even have her kids, right? Yeah, and she and lost her kids too. So the, after the, all that, the conservatorship was supposed to be only one year. It lasted thirteen thirteen years, and in the 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 idea behind it is this person can't control their money, they can't support themselves, and this is when really? her team gets her her Las Vegas residency. She records multiple albums during the conservatorship. So she five albums, four world tours, like 13 singles. If so, I saw her in Vegas. I was trying to like look at my Instagram to see like what year that was. Um, But I did see her in Las Vegas. And this was before at least I knew anything about the conservatorship. It was like we knew that Kevin had custody of the kids. She's in Vegas. She's performing every night. Me and my friend were like, 
99% sure it wasn't Brittany. And maybe like a, she like was just double. dead. But I we thought it was a body double. And it was, you know, she's just, this person is just lip syncing. Every time she spoke, she just like did this Minnie Mouse voice that wasn't even like a shred of a real human voice. It was just Minnie Mouse. And that was the first time that I, you know, not not having the same social media presence that Britney has now, that I was just kind of like, what the fuck is wrong with Britney? Yeah, and and whether it was a there's like some other weird body double rumors which we can get oh, to. Oh, really? Yeah, when we get to like the 2020s, okay. we'll talk about there's like a TikTok video where people are like, it's a body double. After the initial temporary, it was a temporary conservatorship. One year. And the lot and it went on for years because they were like, look, she was a little out of control. Then her dad showed up and hey, she's thin again. And she's on tour again, and she looks great. Her hair is perfect. And if we her take that right. away, then she'll just relapse, right? That was the right. that was the idea: is that if if we if we let them go, let the conservatorship go, she will return to angry, unhinged, whatever, Brittany. Right. And so they so actually, Brittany went when she knew that they were going to extend the conservatorship. I won't name names, but he's he's at a law firm. Um, it's called Shepard Mullen. And she went to this lawyer. He's an estate family law. And she goes, look, I know I'm going to be put in this thing. I don't want my dad to be in charge. And that's all she wanted. And he went to court for her. He's one of the top attorneys in the space in the country. And he goes, look, da, 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 da. And the judge goes, I have a piece of paper here from her. Not this one, but I have a. This piece of paper here says that she's not able to make her own decisions, so you don't exist. Get out of my courtroom. So people under her dad hired another lawyer advocate for themselves, like they can't hire. That's a lawyer. the problem. Once you're in a conservatorship, you're deemed dead in the mind. You you don't make your own decisions. You're not able to. That's so. so she tried. So then they hired a guy named Andrew Wallet. Andrew Wallet extended the temporary conservatorship permanent, permanent, in perpetuity is the word in the document. Perpetuity meaning forever. Because she's an estate now. She's property now, right? He said it's now a business hybrid model. It's in the paperwork. This conservatorship is now a business hybrid model. So we control everything. She has no say. And we do what we want with the money. And she's doing so well. And there's even a transcript where the judge, the, the judge, Brittany had asked for a lawyer again. And the judge goes, ma'am, I don't, what's the quote? It's in a transcript. He goes, ma'am. This piece of paper tells me you don't have the right to talk at all in my courtroom. And then she leaves the courtroom and they go, before you leave, I'm just curious. What are her ticket sales like in Vegas? Why is the judge? What does that have to do with an emotionally incapacitated person who can't feed themselves? You're there to take care of them, not be like, hey, now that she's not in the room, how much money is she pulling in? It's just very bizarre. So it's this, very bizarre. It's a really interesting thing that you brought up kind of toward the beginning of this episode, which is that like Britney Spears does not exist, right? And now le at this point in time, legally, the person Britney Spears no longer exists. And then she is just this product, which like seemed to be this foregone conclusion that, that was made about her when she was 16 years old. But you also compared her to Marilyn Monroe and Marilyn Monroe 
had a similar situation during the Hollywood blacklist where she was called in to testify before Congress about her husband, Arthur Miller, who was suspected to be a communist. And they just called her in so that the senators could pose for pictures with Marilyn Monroe. Right. It's very bizarre. The idea it's all very bizarre. Yeah. When, when a, a, a celebrity becomes bigger than any human being can support. Yeah. I was friends with two on a side note. Um, the Marilyn Monroe. Um, I was friends with her roommate when she died. Her name was Jeannie Carmen. She's like this B movie star, pinup star. She had affairs with Frank Sinatra, JFK. But we talked a lot about Marilyn Monroe's death, and she had her own. I mean, a lot of people don't know if she was one hundred percent honest, but she was roommates with Marilyn Monroe when she died. They lived off Franklin, and um, she was. Yeah, I mean, the only thing better than Marilyn Monroe would be if Norma Jean died. That would be the only thing, and then she did. Right. And then now it's like, who killed her? And is she OD? And I mean, so I don't know. I think we know that Rolling Stone wrote an obituary for her. For Britney Spears. Yeah. The uh, I think that the, the, the article that you're talking about, or it's a, an, a similar article, is called The Tragedy of Britney Spears by yeah. Vanessa Gregoriatis. There are some really ugly things said about Britney in this um, in this this article including quote if britney was this is from 2008 so right around the time of the conservatorship if britney yeah. was really who we believed her to be a puppet a grinning blonde without a cool thought in her head a teasing coquette clueless to her own sexual power none of this would have happened she is not book smart granted but she is intelligent enough to understand what the world wanted of her that she was created as a virgin to be deflowered before us for our amusement Ugh. and titillation she is not ashamed of her new persona she wants us all to know what we did to her hmm. today britney is alone arrogant anxiety ridden and paranoid she has lost faith in e in everyone she quote goes through people like she goes through dogs says a close friend there is one instant with everyone where she freaks out and suddenly says i don't trust you i don't know what's going on she does not have a manager agent or publicist jive records no longer yeah, she had fired everybody she had fired everybody jive records no longer speaks to her directly and the publicist at the label assigned to britney refused to participate in this article and so yeah we we like we were puzzled as to why she was so cagey around the everyone including the paparazzi especially the paparazzi and we never once or you know the monoculture never once looked inward and, and was like maybe we did this to her could she be saying you can't that even we did show this your genitals her? in public like really with legally without getting arrested but you can creep under someone's car and take a picture of someone's and publish it for the whole world to see and that's legal Oh yeah, and he described it. He goes, I went under the car on my back, like my my head was on the curb, and I just went like this. But you that's the money shot, right? And you can call her a whore. And and it's like, I'm sorry, I know girls that don't wear underwear because they don't want panty lines. Why is it weird when she does it? Well, because she should know better. Should She's she, allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is from the Rolling Stone article. The first big blow to Britney's golden girl image was her breast implants. According to a source, she and Lynn had made the decision for her, for her, Britney, to get them on the assumption that the culture demanded it. But the press leapt on her scornfully, and Britney denied having breast implants. She is 17 years old when she goes supernova. Like... It is disgusting to talk about a a a, ch a child like this. So I have a friend who is in um, bodybuilding, and 
when they were also a teenager, they were told over and over again, you need breast implants. You're never going to be a top contender in this sport if you don't get breast implants. And that person got breast implants and then, you know, 20 years later had them removed because they're, you know, toxic to their body. And, you know, they were unpacking all of the, um, I don't want to speak for this person, but I also want to speak for them as their advocate. Like they were made to believe as uh, when their brain wasn't fully formed that they needed this in order to succeed. So that was just somebody who was just in a sport like bodybuilding. This is Britney fucking Spears. How much pressure was she under to surgically change her body to be that image? And 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 the the really sinister thing that's like a throwaway in that is like her and her mom made the decision together. Just like she and David LaChapelle decided to close and lock the door of her photo shoot together. Right. Like it's not together if you're not on equal footing. And it's very clear that Brittany and all of the people around her were never on equal footing. She was always the cash cow. Right. They were they were plucking the golden goose. Well, and she was the moneymaker for the family since she was like five. I mean, that, that's the thing is is and that's you don't know anything other than get, you know, honey, we need food, get to work. Okay. And she liked to work too. That's the thing. It's like, and you mentioned the the Vegas show. I mean, I heard it was off and on. I saw it and she was great, but dead inside. Again, it's one of those things where like, she's doing backflips. She's doing like, and, but again, and from what I've heard, I know a couple of people that have that recorded with her and they're like, you give her a song. She's not great. The first two times. And the third time, she just knows it. She learns. She's fast. I think that's just the training and the years of doing it. It doesn't mean you want to do it, though. Yeah. And when by law they go, if you... So we also know that the residency was going to be two years. It went on for almost six. The Vegas And residency. then they took it on a world tour. And then it was always, well, the kids. Well, the kids. Well, and, the kids. And not to be that it was capitalism all along, but like... Even if it is true that she is only worth sixty million dollars, which is which is which is extremely lowballing, then that's before the Vegas residency. How much money does she need to make in order to provide for her herself and her kids for the rest of their lives? Is sixty million dollars not enough? Right, <laughs> and so the the idea that she has to work to support everybody and that she can't choose not to work because then they would all starve because 60 million dollars isn't enough just like the ground level of that is there's no amount of money that we stop at we have to make the most money that anyone's ever made at all times or else there's something mentally wrong with you and you need to be locked up and forced to perform in las vegas well yeah and so let's kind of cut to when the conservatorship kind of fell apart it's when the two-year residency became five and six-year residency and they were selling they're like come i was like should i go a second time like they're like the last shows get your tickets last shows she wasn't even done with the last show and she walked we know this it's in court papers i always go by court papers i'm a court and public public voting records kind of guy because you can't hide those they had already signed a contract with Park MGM for a second residency, and they handed her a new contract and rehearsal schedule. And she goes, I just went off. I just 
two years became three, four, five, six world tour. And I'm going straight into rehearsals and promotions for another one. What the fuck? And if you go on YouTube, you can see the rehearsal videos and she fucking crushes. Like she looks great. She's. Cr and then the announcement came when they did that big announcement. Did you hear that controversy? And she came out and just walked away and they were like, yeah. After 22 minutes of filler, this is the moment that Britney appeared and fans are seriously underwhelmed. Ladies and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Britney Spears. You wanna run again? Sit in martinis, look hot in a bikini. You better look. You wanna live fancy, live in a big mansion, party in France. You better work. You better work. You better work. This was her announcing a new Las Vegas residency called Domination, starting in February. It's at the Park Theater at the MGM Resort, so a couple of doors down from her last residency at Planet Hollywood that ended on New Year's Eve this past year. But Britney said nothing at Wait, this event. This is all I'm she so did. Confused. Okay. So she, she came out of that stage. Yeah. She looked lost too stage. when yeah. she was up there. She's like, "What do I do? And I just stand this here?" This is the guy that was hosting the live stream. He doesn't have a mic, so they just have this little interaction. You can't hear what they're saying. Looks like, "Hey, I like your dress. I like your hat." Then but she didn't by. he have the mic earlier and said he said Britney Spears, didn't he? Yeah, and then yeah. and then he's gonna have the mic next shot of him. He has a mic again. So yeah, she just signed a few autographs. Okay. And then here she goes to get in her car and drive off. And people were confused. They're like the fans that were there, the fans that were watching were like, "That's that's it. This we've so, been waiting for this live stream for no, but look hours." At, look at the amount of people that are yeah. there. And she's and, just walking right and by. She's just walking by. <laughs> that was to me her going. There's no way, there's no other way I can, the only way I can get people to go listen to me is to go, I'm not doing this. To withhold yeah. your talent, right. The only way she knew she could do something is like, what if I just don't work? What are you yeah. going to do? Kill me? I mean, maybe. And that's when it, it all started. That's when it all started. They lobotomized Rosemary Kennedy. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this whole thing was like reminding me of that, even though it's different. It's like, we'll drug you. We'll take away all of your autonomy. We'll convince you that you're crazy and strip away all your rights and dehumanize you. And because we can't legally lobotomize you anymore, we we'll will just do, it do everything yeah. we can. Yeah, but that's when they that's when they put her into that rehab. And she remember, she disappeared for like two months. And then Sam Asghari came around, right? Yeah. And then they drag. They they're like, look, she's she's not, she's not in a look. And they they there's those pictures of her on Valentine's Day with Sam Asghari coming out of a hotel in a red, and she looks like the crypt keeper. She is so medicated, so, and he's just like, here she is, she's alive, yeah, propped up. She's not in rehab. It's true. It, it, it's so it's so fucking fucked it's bizarre it's also a, a page out of the colonel's playbook with elvis right like elvis like down to being medicated and having this vegas residency extended for year after year after year and like 
could the colonel put Elvis in a conservatorship? He probably would have. It's like basically the same thing. And so it's not even it's not even a new interesting move. You're just like it's old. Yeah. It's, old. it's old. They did it to Marilyn Monroe. They did it to Judy yep. Garland. They did it to Elvis. Yep. They're doing it to her. And it's the studio system. It's like the studio system, like the old the golden handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So in in November of 2021, the thanks in large part to Britney taking action and, th and thanks in large part to the free Britney movement, the conservatorship ended, ends, ended, and the judge, who's Brenda Penny, ruled uh, in less than half an hour that the conservatorship is terminated. So now she is a legal human again. What has right. she been doing with her humanity? Twirling around on Instagram, you know. She's been she's been and writing a book, right? Um, and writing a book. She got married to Sam, and you know, got divorced a year later. Whatever. And there's rumors about that guy even too. It's like, was he paid? Was he a paid spy? Blah blah I, blah. And it's, it's like so can't hard. Something do anything. was not, but something was not right with him. I'm not saying can't she do anything, but it's like very suspicious. Like. I, I feel like I'm I am actually being extremely ignorant right now because I don't know shit about him, but he just seemed like another guy that was trying to take advantage of Brittany, and luckily somehow she got rid of him. I agree with you. I think I think she is an easy mark, right? Whether she's actually an easy mark or not, like people that has been her her persona is that if you need a, a cool couple of million and someone to to help your career. Britney Spears is there. And so I I am wary of anyone, not that I don't think that she's worthy of love and worthy of someone that, that really cares about her. I truly do think that, but I am very suspicious of anyone who like jumps feet first into a relationship with Britney Spears because of all of that baggage. And like, I don't trust this yeah. person to not take advantage of her. When you say baggage though, what, the what baggage mean? that other people have put on to her okay. right the, the 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 justin and the kevin and the jamie spears and all this stuff is like like she has had such a public hemorrhaging of sense of self hemorrhaging of money hemorrhaging of personal autonomy that like if someone's like you know who i'm gonna swipe right on on tinder britney spears i i'm suspicious of you and your motivations well they met on a music video set i mean and I actually know his agent. So from from all accounts, he's a pretty nice guy. But he also admits, he goes, look, I'm an actor. Yeah. Do you think marrying Britney Spears doesn't help my career? You're a fool. It's like, well, don't say that, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's saying that. Think about what he's not saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the fact that she got her own lawyer, I mean, she was able to get a prenup. He got nothing out of it. Like, and people are like, well, she she's crazy. Something. She got married. I'm like, I know people that have been married eight times. So, yeah. And next and we Next, didn't say that about Elizabeth. About we didn't Robert, say that about Elizabeth Robert Taylor. Robert just have a fucking kid. Yeah, with his like ninety nine years old sixth yeah. wife. Elizabeth Taylor was married eight times, and and everyone was like, "She's such a classy dame." Like it's just, a, it's just <laughs> yeah. like a different. It's it's we really like destroy. Like she keeps rebuilding herself for us to destroy. It's so interesting. Yeah, that's why I think when people and and I have a lot of people again, even when you message me about this, you're like, "Oh, you're the biggest Britney fan in the world." I'm like. Probably not even in the top one billion, honestly. I just think I have a journalistic fanaticism when I rabbit hole into things. I really just go, well, I don't know. I look at the effects of things and not blame 
like I, I'm sorry, the cause of things, not the effect. But so people message me, what is Britney doing in this Instagram video? I go, I'm not watching her Instagram. I don't care. Let me know when she puts an album out or a single. Like, I don't care about her living room. More people care about that shit than me. Um, but I think when you don't trust. There's uh, like a podcast. Speaking of, there was a there was a podcast about like Britney Spears's Instagram. Like there's like Yeah, those girls were on the Hulu show. They were on the Hulu show, right? So yeah. but but I think that that is like what you're talking about where people and it's like the Taylor Swiftification of everything. People think that Britney is like sending coded messages through her Instagram. Right. And th that is entirely more likely with Britney Spears and Taylor Swift because like Instagram for a while was the only way that she could communicate with the outside world, but um, Taylor Swift is a hundred thousand percent like sending these Easter eggs. I don't even follow them, but like that whole vault thing, the Googling, like that was sure. real. I agree. I agree. Not, uh, not uh, believable is not the right word or whatever word I use wasn't the right word. I understand why a podcast would be dedicated to the coded messages of Britney Spears because this was like, she couldn't hold a press conference on her own. Right. Versus Taylor, who's choosing to do it for like this fun treasure hunt game for her mm -hmm. albums sure right? sure this sure, was like sure. a necessity but for her that podcast they're the ones who got that anonymous phone call about the fact that britney was like britney bailed on the second residency remember they were like britney spears cancels her show because her dad is sick remember yeah yeah and they were like why would you cancel like a hundred million dollar show because your dad is sick and then she disappeared and then a paralegal at the law firm handling the conservatorship sent a voicemail and he goes i'm just gonna let you know She's, this is the deal. She's, yeah, they're like, she's in a Beverly Hills house rehab. They put her there. It's $60,000 a month. She's paying for it herself. She has no, they make her like, and they leave her in, her, and she testified against all this in court like two years after. But that podcast got the voicemail that cracked the whole thing open and they verified all of the information. And that's why she was able to go to court. It's so interesting that sometimes, I, I don't know, people, there's like this big backlash against true crime podcasting these days because yeah, yeah, yeah. they are, you know, minimizing people's pain, turning it into entertainment and like withholding certain pieces of information to like make the story better. And sometimes the like true crimeification of podcasting can help free Britney Spears, which is like really wild. What's so weird. And she talks apparently in the book, she talks about she was in the rehab that they put her in because she didn't want to do the show. And she goes, one of the nurses showed me on TV. She goes, come here and look. And she goes, I saw people holding free Britney. She goes, what is free Britney? And they're like, oh, people are like, like a nurse in the rehab she was forced to do told her these people are trying to get you in a courtroom and get a lawyer. And um, and her lawyer, Matthew Rosengart, like I, I've had I spoke on the phone with him a few years back. He was a former federal prosecutor. He became a private litigator. He works at Greenberg Troig which is a big law firm in Century City. And he he uses the same tactics he used to prosecute people to go after like abuse abusers. And that's why the rumor is Madonna sent him to her. And turns out he did a pretty good job and she picked a good lawyer. But now I, I find it I find it interesting that she will not do any press for this book, and yet it's already the biggest selling book ever. And well, it's not like the and, press has been great to her in the past. Well, but I mean, what do you do when you trust no one? Exactly. You can't order Uber Eats because it's probably, a you know, it's some paparazzi stood at the gate and goes, give me, here's a thousand bucks. Give me the food. I'll deliver it. You know, like when you can't trust anybody, 
your kids, yeah. like nobody. What do you do? I guess you twirl around on Instagram and write a book. You know, it's it's also interesting that the story of the nurse, like showing her this this the TV, is like an interesting parallel to the music video that we watched for Overprotected, where she's watching a news report about like Britney Spears, what a slut, and she's like, yeah. "Hey, please stop! Like, please stop <laughs> talking about me." Is the lyrics what like what do I have to do to win my life? What am I to do with my life? What am I to do with my life? How am I supposed to know what's right? So I'll, I'll do a quick uh, dramatic read. Say hello to the girl that I am. Are, are we all oh, do no it? one does it like her. God damn it. I love uh, it. I need time, <laughs> joy. I need time, love, joy. I need space, love. I need me, action. Say hello to the girl <laughs> that I am. You're going to have to see through my perspective. I need to make mistakes just to learn who I am. And I don't want to be so damn protected. There must be another way because I believe in taking chances. But who am I to say what a girl is to do? God, I need some answers. What am I to do with my life? You'll find it out. Don't worry. How am I supposed to know what's right? You got to do it your own way. I can't help the way I feel, but my life has been so overprotected. So let's take a pause here because this is about halfway through the song. What she's talking about from her perspective is being overprotected. But now with the, you know, 20 years later, we see that it's she's being exploited. Right. This whole thing is about her exploitation and her reacting to her being exploited by everyone else in her life. Yeah, she, yeah, but too, it's though. like that Gwen Stefani song that's like, I can't drive at night, like, oh. you know? Oh, yeah, I'm just a girl. Yeah. Because I can't drive alone. I know night. a lot about Gwen, too. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> he knows. That's that's a real hot button issue for Scotty. Yeah, well, I'm a little sensitive about it. We're admiring the lyrics being like accurate and whatever, but also that was a curated selection by a record label of yeah. a song. Right. Written and by so a man. Like, but I just feel like all of these songs... Now I have like a real, I have a real conspiracy. Let's do it. But it's like they wrote all of these songs to like tell the tragic tale that would happen to Britney, right? Like Lucky, mm -hmm. um, this. Because overprotection. I'm a, I'm a slave for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm not saying that this is the coded message in Britney's Instagram of 2001. It is just this weird, you know. There were people in her life that saw the things that were going on with her, and it is filtered through this, I'm just this girl who's trying to grow up thing, which she never actually was because she was always this product. But like all of the stuff also in the video is about like ultimately her exploitation, which continued until basically November of 2021. So for tw almost 25 years, I don't need nobody telling me just what I want to, what I want to, what I'm going to do about my destiny. That's What's all the line? There's a really good line. At, What's there's a line? What is it? She, something about, um, I'm so fed up. I'm, I'm, I'm so fed up with, I'm so fed up with people telling me to be Some, someone else, someone but else, me. but me. And yeah, she does I, it in that weird Britney way. So I that me. It's gonna be me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, you know, and then let's cut to Blackout. The re so Blackout is, you know, 
in the Guinness Book of World Records and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it was such an influential album. But she that's the album she did alone. She did not do that with her manager, her record label. She did that at the height of head shaving, all that shit. Yeah, and it came it's a out great in album. Fall of 2007. Yeah. And Britney, Britney Fully Creative is... And I don't know, do you guys know about the Mona Lisa album that she did? Do you know no, about that? No. So after In the Zone, that's when the that's when she got really hounded. That's when all that stuff happened. Like she got really hounded. It was after the kiss, the VMA Madonna kiss. Like mm-hmm. that's when shit mm-hmm. got really she did an album on her own called Mona Lisa. Or I'm sorry. The album is called The Original Doll. And she did an album all on her own. And she had a single called Mona Lisa. And it's you can actually find it online. And she showed up to Kiss FM at like two in the morning one day, like, and it's on YouTube. You can listen to it. He's he's like, what's up? I'm going to, all right, let's play some Mark McGrath or whatever. I don't know. And he goes, what? Huh? And you hear, and they're like, oh my God, who? Oh my God, Britney Spears? Is she here? And she just showed up and, and she goes, hey, I recorded a song. I want to debut it myself on your radio show. And it's called Mona Lisa. And it's this dark, weird, funky, slow jam basically about how people look at Mona Lisa and they see they just they make of it what they want it's whatever they want to see is she happy is she sad is she angry no one knows and she's kind of identifying herself as Mona Lisa the record label was like fuck you don't do this and they pulled it they, they scrapped everything and that's when she went in the studio to do Blackout which they ended up did releasing after what's a hit Gimme More was a big hit and all that shit and um there are little throwbacks to she did that greatest hits album and there's a single called do something she's like flying like a range rover through the clouds the license plate i think says mona lisa yeah so looks, she throws in like mona lisa was Easter released, eggs to that. it looks like mona lisa was released on the singles collection in 2009 which is like right after the conservatorship and it looks like they're just like trying to figure out how to milk whatever they can out of her yeah, they're like, oh, the fans want to hear it. Yeah, and I remember yeah. it's so slow. She's like, she goes, let me tell you about a girl named Mona Lisa. That's not, it doesn't sound anything like that. But, <laughs> but you can just see it's like someone who's like, why can't I just, haven't I made you enough money? Can I do a song that I want to do? And yeah. like the original Give Me More video, I don't know if you guys know, she like made it on her own with a college student, a film student from USC. And it's her going to her own funeral. There's clips of it. She's like in a funeral outfit and Britney Spears goes to Britney Spears funeral. But they they were like, no, no, no. And then they edited it. And then it's just her pole dancing like in a wig. It's a really horrible video. And then they decided, oh, it's still a hit. And that's when Piece of Me came out, right? Mm -hmm. Then they threw the funding and the the Piece of Me is a big, right? And then um, also it's worth It's worth noting that the Blackout album, which, which is what we're talking about right now, um, it came out in 07, right after head shaving, and the cover, and this is the one that she released basically on her own, or like wrote on her own, the cover is her with black hair, which is like a very, we talked a little bit about, like after you go through a breakup, you do the, the hair change, you cut your bangs, like this is her sh- changing her hair so significantly, changing something that's like very famous about her so significantly to like... I don't know, I don't want to read too far into it, but it seems like she's trying to reinvent herself in several ways and has no idea how badly it's about to backfire for her for 14 years. Yeah, it's a cra- yeah, and that, that's really when I got, that's when I was like, okay, I'm upset. 
Not, not the, I'm not a weird, like I'm a big fan of things, but I'm not like a weird starstruck guy. Like I don't care. Um, but I found what was going on just a fascinating hybrid of like entertainment, society, like historical treatment of women and music, law, legal shit, mm -hmm. like all that stuff for me is like, eh, there it's all there. Um, who knows what's gonna? I mean, the fact that she did no press for this book is crazy. Um, well, what does she need to? It makes sense. They would just Scotty. trash her. They would just trash her anyway. They would just trash her anyway. But it makes sense, Scotty, because she's just a body double anyway. So the That's newest, right, the, real... the, the newest conspiracy theory involving Britney Spears is uh -oh. that on TikTok she is using a deep fake of her. Their body double is using a deep fake of herself. So I can I can show you I can send you this TikTok. What? See, I'm not on TikTok and maybe I shouldn't be. Okay, what the actual fuck? A lot of people have been seeing that Britney's been somebody is this is not Britney. Somebody's been using a filter to look like her and I'm about to prove it. There's a clip that I got from this guy's page or girl's page. So you see her hands go above her face once. Watch when they come back down. It's one frame, but this is a blue-eyed person with a filter of Britney. It's very quick and easy to miss, but I can't believe I just caught that. Watch. Very quick and easy to miss, but ain't no denying that this isn't Britney. It hasn't been Britney. One theory is that she's just using the TikTok makeup filter and the another theory is that this is actually a body double that is deep faking Britney Spears and and trying to make her look bad by dancing around quote unquote alarmingly in the kitchen and then no, subsequently I think that's her. I think that's I think her. I think it's just a makeup filter. She's also like a mid 40s woman or an early 40s woman like that does maybe doesn't know how to use TikTok filters that well because she didn't have access to her own cell phone for quite a while. Well, I mean, we she got pulled over last week and they were like license and registration. She's like, oh, I don't have them. And they're like, you have to have them with you. And she's like, oh, I thought you just had to have them. Well, especially because and they, and she when was the last time she like, drove alone? But that's what I'm saying. It's like she she didn't even go to ninth grade. So I'm just saying. So I think it's going to be a few years for her to just figure out or she'll just do another song with Elton John out of nowhere and have a number one hit and just <laughs> spend five minutes doing a track and, and stay around and just let her do what she wants. But I also need another album right now. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, I need it. The, the, the Weirdly or maybe not so weirdly, the let's destroy Britney industrial complex didn't stop at Britney Spears, but one of the only uh high profile people and didn't even uh mean to be high profile people in 2007 uh chris corker created a, a youtube video ranting in their bedroom about wondering why oh. people are being so mean to britney 
and became internet famous for just asking everyone to leave Britney alone. And weirdly, we destroyed this person about that and too. And he was right. And he was right. I think that I think there yeah. are they, and they were right. Oh, I think are they. I yeah, think yeah. that there are they. Um, I so, think I, I posted yesterday the video. Where he's like, "I am a Britney fan before an American." Yeah, I posted that on my Instagram. Yeah. Hell, hell yeah! So that's what we're going out on this week. The original. <laughs> I was right the whole time. Leave Britney. Chris alone. Crocker, everyone. Chris, Chris, Chris Crocker. Chris. Chris Crocker, not Chris Corker. And how fucking dare anyone out there make fun of Britney after all she's been through? She lost her aunt. She went through a divorce. She had two fucking kids. Her husband turned out to be... So, Scotty, thank you for joining us. If people want to hear more of your ranting on the internet, where can they find you? Oh, you can just go to my Instagram. Um, Scott talks a lot. On Instagram. And I I follow you on Instagram. And there's one. if there's one thing I know you you love, it's the Republican Party. Yeah, I love them a lot. There's nothing more I love than the Republican Party. And where can people find us on the internet, Lindsay? Find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter. For longer and weirder stuff, send us an email at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. If you want to hear us do a song, let us know. Tell your friends that you love us. Thank you for tuning in for 100 episodes. Here's here's to 100. Congratulations, guys. That's amazing. Thank you. Here's to a hundred more. Hopefully one day we will find, we will reach the end of the music industry exploiting people, but I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon. Until next time, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying, leave Britney alone. Leave Britney alone! Leave Britney Spears alone right now. I mean it.